Welcome to the Pro Mind Melding Podcast, brought to you by MakerBot. In each episode, I'll be joined by leading 3D printing authorities across industries from automotive to aerospace to consumer electronics and even medical. We'll hear about their work, their methods, and all aspects of 3D printing. To learn more about MakerBot 3D printers, check out MakerBot.com. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and uh, thanks for joining us for today's MakerBot Mind Melding um, series. Uh, today, we are having a really uh, interest. We have a really interesting guest, and we're going to be uh, talking about the automotive industry and designing and 3D printing within the industry. And I've got a very special guest all the way from the UK, Adam Don Francesco. He is the director of engineering at Callum Design. And um, Adam, really excited to have you on. Thanks for joining us for the Mind Melt today. Thanks, Sean. That's a, a lovely introduction. A very special guest. I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out here in, uh, in New York. And uh, so I guess you're, what, six, six hours ahead of us over in the UK. Where, whereabouts are you exactly? Yeah, so we're, we're in the Midlands, um, so about an hour north of London and Warwick. Uh, I've got yeah. a Warwick place. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite easy to get to in the UK. Nice. Nice. So, um, yeah, obviously just want to do a little quick intro for those people who are not as familiar with Callum. Um, if you could just let us know, like, what it, what is Callum and, and what do you guys do there? Yeah, no problem. Um, so Callum is a design and engineering business. Um, we set the business up to do, frankly, to do cool projects that we enjoyed doing. Um, uh, we do projects for ourselves, the Callum Vanquish 25, for example. Um, but also we do engineering and design projects for other people. Some of them we shout about and some of them we do them as, uh, as white label projects, as we call them. So, um, so there's a whole gambit really from sketching something on a, on a piece of paper right the way to engineering it. Um, producing it and fitting it to, to production vehicles or, or not it doesn't have to be vehicles as well we do we do some lifestyle products as well so um, yeah we, we're quite we're quite open-minded as to what we turn our hands to it's uh, it's, it's good in that way and you you guys have uh, kind of a famous uh, founder in the in the name of the company and he's got kind of a, a history as well too right for those uh, yeah. automotive gearheads on the uh, on the web. Absolutely, yeah. So one of the founder members uh, of the four of us is uh, Ian Callum, and Ian's, uh, I mean, he's basically a serial um, car designer, uh, probably one of the most well-known car designers of, of our, certainly our generation, couple of generations. Um, and uh, he used to be uh, design director of Jaguar. Um, he designed all, pretty much all of the Aston Martins up until the, the recent uh, models. Uh, he has a huge history of design um, with automotive uh, and other stuff as well. So, so yeah, and he's a good, good all-round good guy as well, Sean. So, uh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and that so that explains why uh, why the the Aston Martin As, Aston Austin Martin. Sorry, my uh, my American accent is probably just butchering it to your ears, but uh, that explains the connection at least, and and how you guys um, probably came to that being one of your, I guess, um, more public projects, right? That's right, yeah. That was the Vanquish that you see behind us was originally designed by Ian about 20 years ago. Um, probably about, probably 25 years since it was originally 
thought about um, 20 years until the development started. And um, it's, uh, Ian designed it um, and it's one of his, uh, his projects that he, he really enjoyed doing but wanted to revisit. Um, sure. it's, it's basically yeah, a passion project for us all. It uh, has engineering content, uh, obviously design content, but it's a sort of holistic reinvigoration i'd say of the of the, the car that um, that we all sort of love really that's awesome so you've and you have also been there for for a long time uh yourself right and i guess what what uh, what exactly does your day-to-day what exactly is your job at uh, callum so i'm engineering director and one of the founders um my background experiences it's mainly low volume, high performance uh, automotive. Um, so I've worked with uh, some some of some of the British marks that people will know of: Aston Martin, Jaguar Land Rover, um, and also some some of you may may not know know so many of you know, um, like Noble, for example, which is a British sports car company. Um, so yeah, I, I mean my my I guess I'm a back to basics engineer. I enjoy the very um, uh, bricks and mortar of engineering you know the the, uh, the greasy oily bits as I refer to them um, all the way up up to to appreciating the design elements of things so a whole car vehicle expertise and, and that's what we have within our team guys like myself which have experienced doing doing whole vehicle work is so is your um, background like if I were to say like a design engineer is that kind of what you would classify in like a nutshell of like a yeah yeah your, i guess your background at least absolutely that you know if you're lucky enough you get to start doing design engineering draftsmanship design engineering you know 3d cad um and then you potentially you progress to to, to development vehicle engineering you know, where you're testing the vehicle either yourself or with a team of team of people um and then um and then on onwards from there really so that sort of encompasses the whole vehicle cycle really so yeah. um so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a whole whole round uh, uh, experience, and that and, that, and the, the people in the team that we get on board, you know, we try and get the guys and girls who've have had that similar experience or as much as, as possible. So everybody's quite rounded in what we're doing, and they know different systems and different technologies and materials and all this kind of stuff. So, so it's really yeah, it's really um, important for us to get those kind of rounded individuals within the team. You know? It it reminds me of uh, one of one of uh, my coworkers here at MakerBot. He actually was the main designer on the on the Method project. Uh, his name's Vishnu, but he's got an engineering mechanical engineering background, but also went to school for industrial design. So he's kind of got you know the the full end to end like picture where he can he can get super technical, but he can also just you know design something beautiful like from scratch, which is really it sounds like what you guys have to do there a lot yeah absolutely it's exactly the kind of philosophy really and of course you can beat him up when it doesn't work properly as well. <laughs> exactly he, he wears he he owns everything so yeah. i mean that's there's a lot of there's a big team i'm sure there too but uh so um i guess just to dive right into it um obviously we're here we're at we're i'm from MakerBot. um and uh, so we're going to be we're talking about 3D printing today and out of manufacturing. Um, so uh, you guys obviously use it there. Um, you have a, a method X behind you um, that uh, beautiful vanquish. Um, and um, 
yeah, what's, what's kind of your background or I guess maybe yours or like team members there, like how long have you guys been using 3d printing for? And, um, yeah, let's start there. Yeah. I mean, three, three, 3d printing for me has been from, for many years, a bit of a frustration. Um, I, I, we've tried to over the last, I guess, 20, 25 years or so, um, we tried to use it in the past and and it's you know it's been touted around as look we can do this amazing stuff and when you drill down to it unless you're a formula one team with unlimited resources you could never afford it so what's refreshing about uh, now and certainly these, these machines is it is now affordable it is now realistic to use um it's realistic to prototype of course and then it's also realistic to use in some of the production applications as well. So it's really come a long way from, um, you know, titanium printed roll hoops, which fantastic stuff, but nobody could afford them. They were on, you know, it was very much the elite and, and super expensive. So it's very accessible now and, 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 you know, accessible enough to have a machine in our office, which the guys play with, guys and girls play with on a daily basis, you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for it and I'm really, um, I'm sort of excited about how far it's going to go, to be honest, because it's such an accessible technology now. What, what is it about, the, about 3D printing that um, enables, you know, somebody like yourself or your team members who have kind of that design and engineering background, like, What's, what's unique about 3D printing um, as a technology? Well, I mean, it's perfect for me because I'm impatient and I like to see stuff happen quicker than usually is feasible. Um, you, you get to realize designs at a very early stage um, for low cost. It can save you time, it can certainly save you money. Um, prototyping in the past has mainly been, depending on what you're doing, billet aluminium. So you make a billet aluminium component, you depending on what you're doing, you might get it wrong. You do a couple of rounds of this to, to, to perfect it. Um, and we can do something which is, you know, 90, 95% representative very, very quickly overnight, you know, a matter of a, of, of a few hours, um, and then fit that on the car or, or visualize it or, um, you know, see what, see what the component's going to be like. And yet, I think we've all been there in the industry where you stare at the CAD screen for, for too long and you get obsessed about small details or big details when you see it in your hand, it's, it's usually a lot different and it's great to be able to do that before you lay down some tooling or you, uh, or you get to a, uh, you know, an aluminium part that doesn't quite, quite fit the bill. So yeah, it's a real big tick in, in our box from an efficiency and cost perspective. Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I hear that a lot, but I think, I think what's unique with, with you guys is not, you're not just prototyping, but that you can, use certain elements in a production um uh regard so that they might make their way onto a car or into a product uh that's in a low volume um circumstance which is which is pretty cool uh, yeah totally sure i mean with the materials now that we can play with um on on this printer we can make those those complex and small fiddly components and and and, and larger ones as well and actually put them on on our low vo volume um, production runner cars. So yeah, it's it's really attractive, and and you take control over that that little production run yourself, and and that's very very important, you know, when you when you're up against it for sure. For sure. Um, so I guess maybe we'll uh, we could get into some specifics that you're you're kind of uh, we're we're kind of dancing around it right now, but I'm sure people would love to see some examples of 
you know, prints you guys have done and, and how you guys have been using the, the method X. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe we'll, we could start with a yeah, couple videos here. Um, cause we worked with you guys recently on, um, capturing the story. And so, uh, tell us what, tell us what you're doing here. What this, what this part was. So this is a brake duct. Um, one of the component systems that we upgrade and change with the Vanquish is we go to a CCM um, brake disc, so a carbon composite brake disc, um, and, that, and that needs some cooling. There's no dedicated cooling on the original car. So we take um, an air on from, the, from the, the, the composite bumper that we put on the car, um, and to get that to, to blow at the disc, essentially, we, we, uh, we needed to to prototype some some components. Now, in the in the first instance, um, these were prototype components, and we were evaluating them for their geometry, uh, trying to get around quite a complex area of packaging. You probably see there it's, it's you've got harnesses, you've got bracketry, you've got all sorts of bits in the way. Um, a lot of this stuff exists on our scan data. It's quite difficult to to visualize it, and and you need a couple of goes because it's quite convoluted in order to to get the air to the to the duct so you've got a package problem there that you need to solve and then you've got a functional problem and the and the components that we printed are um, are good enough to go on the car finally um and and in the first instance they're good enough to go on the car to go and test it um from a brake cooling perspective so you know does it pass enough air um, first of all does it avoid the components and get to the right place secondly functional performance does it actually uh, do what we want it to do and we iterated this a few times to try and get a, some strength into the part um, to try and make the the uh, sectional area consistent as much as possible this is this is only one of the components uh, there's a few components that go into it there's a kind of air um, air off blower if you like and then there's some, some more conduit but but yeah, really, really uh, useful. Printed this in, in a matter of hours. Um, tried in, you know, and we could probably try two of them a day, I think, in the end. Um, yeah, very, very good example. And it's a very organic component as well. So, you know, something you yeah. could do. For us, we'd probably do a rim molded part if we didn't have the technology capability. Um, okay. So it's say, and that's molding and all that, you know, tooling and all, and long lead times. So, really, really nice example of how it's been really useful yeah i think that so that i mean yeah like an or organic structure like that with the curves and everything i think um it's it's really oh i guess we're <laughs> we're diving right into another video um okay i'll come back to that but tell us about i guess this, this that design that we just saw um with the clock so this one here, I don't have the piece in front of me. It's, it's a bit fiddly to show on the screen, to be honest. The, um, this is a center console for the Vanquish and um, for our Vanquish, Callum Vanquish. And we have a, a relationship partner with um, Bremont, the uh, English watch company. Um, and uh, what we wanted to do is, is have a really cool thing for the customers where you had a pocket watch that you could obviously use as, as conventionally or put it into a wristwatch adapter um, and then pop it in back into the car. It's a bit of theater, a bit of involvement with the car. And it's something that the customers were given um, along the, the commissioning process, um, which, which is just a nice thing to have. But what we needed to do with that component is check how this, the tactility to a certain extent and the functionality of this quarter turn kind of bayonet fit. So we um, we prototyped some, some components. And, and I think that's probably a reasonable um, 
credit to the resolution that you can get now that you can actually prototype, you know, I think it was maybe three mil slices that are suspended in order to, to, to engage that before. We did a few of those trials to see how the clocking worked and, and whether it, whether it uh, seemed to make sense in the car before we went for, the, for um, an aluminium one. So a really nice example of, of kind of a slightly more fiddly part. Yeah, I think you brought up a really, a really good point. Um, and especially for, for people on this who are maybe not as familiar with MakerBot and the MakerBot Method X, um, you know, one of the main features on the Method X is, is that heated chamber and that allows the, the, um, allows the environment that the print is printing in to be, you know, very stable throughout the print It heats it up, up to 110 degrees Celsius. So when the print um, does eventually cool, it cools consistently. And that leads to a higher degree of dimensional accuracy, also a higher degree of strength, because you don't have kind of these gradients that create like layer separation throughout. So, you know, you talking about the, I think the dimensional accuracy where it needs to fit, um, you know, it's, it's kind of traditionally been a headache, I think, especially for like desktop 3D printers in the past where, you know, they might look good, but they don't necessarily fit, especially like those circular kind of things when you start to rotate. We actually had this sample of like these concentric circle discs that fit together. And like, if you can rotate it like seem like smoothly, it's like, you know, it's, it's that, which is what it's supposed to be. And you'd be like amazed at how like almost every desktop 3D printer fails that test. Like you can fit them together, but you can't turn it. Um, because of, you know, the cylindricity, I guess, is just not there. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely something we, we like people to know about. Um, so it's cool, cool in reality to see like you guys taking advantage of that. And, um, yeah, I think it's also like people who, who have like the desktop 3d printer experience might have, especially if they've been using them for a while, they, they, they kind of get these habits of, you know, I know how the printer works, so I need to adjust it, you know, this way or that way. But when you're first learning it, it's like you may, you're maybe adjusting your design to fit the printer rather than like, you know, the reverse, like <laughs> the printer should just be able to print what you designed. Right. So, um, I think that's, that's really, a really cool example. Um, cool. So, um, yeah, any other, any other, I know you had some other uh, parts yeah. that to show off as well. Yeah, one, one of the things that we've used the printer for a little bit, um, there's a couple of examples. I've got one here is, um, let me just show you this, is for a craftsmanship model. Um, so that's something that we do when we need to see the optical quality of a component or a condition. So if, so a shut line, for example, or a concentricity of a part in a, in a more visual setting. So this is a component that we made um, from the carbon material, just because it was thin and wanted a bit of stability once we were building it. Um, I can't tell you which company this product is for, you might be able to guess, but it, uh, <laughs> it, um, it's all about, yes. yeah, exactly. Um, so it's all about how does that fit into the, to the, um, to the badge recess. It's a simple thing. It, it's a thing that gets done wrong quite a lot. Um, and you know when we're doing composite parts for various companies and, and, and our own projects, this is this is a really useful thing. A couple of iterations, and you really get a sweet, sweet um, optical quality on the uh, on the gapping and that kind of stuff. I'm not sure how well you can see that on here, but 
So that's so that's a so that's a check for like a manufacturing thing, or I, I guess I. Yeah. Not, so so, this is basically this is this is uh, representing what we were going what we are essentially going to machine into the tool to get the composite okay. out, um, and we wanted to check the fit and the gapping. Okay. Uh, and the concentric that looks and sometimes um i've got i've got an example which i might be able to share with you if i can if i can dominate this technology um right. <laughs> to uh to show you another example but sometimes you you know it looks great on the screen being all concentric and, and, and square and whatnot, but when you when you get it on the car or the, or the product it, it it might not it might look a bit strange you know so this is it's really useful to be able to demonstrate this Shall uh, I just be sure if I can share my screen properly? You should be able to. Hang on a sec. Let me just pull up the right thing. I, th I mean, I think you speaking to that. I think it's it's um, you know those kind of checks like are they're not maybe the most exciting thing to like talk about, but they are you know especially like in manufacturing settings where you have like fit checks and gauges and you know like jigs and fixtures. Like I mean, very very popular very common application for 3d printers because you can just like crank those out you know and make iterations and crank out a new one or just have like a what i like to call a digital inventory of all your all your tools all your gauges and if you break one or lose one you just like go down and, and print another instead of having like maybe yeah. a section of your warehouse devoted to that you could just have it on your computer with your printer and your you know few spools of material and then print whatever you need yeah totally i'm, I'm struggling to share that because of okay. permission for various reasons but but um but you get the point it was really just another example of this around the headlight uh, area of the rear of the vanquish we had a condition where we had a shot line from the boot and and if you looked at it in pure x you'd you it's it was concentric it was parallel and, and it looked um it looked like a really nice condition but as soon as you stand behind the car you're the little bit of parallax error you get on the on the um on the shot line means that it looks all all out mm. so you have to kind of sometimes and we we just printed a little uh, little section of the car there all those all those uh, panels coming together and played around with the angle so that we could figure out what the best uh, best air best kind of um condition was that we got in the end that's insane attention to detail <laughs> i can't yeah, even contemplate it, is and it isn't you know the problem is you yeah, we look at things like this nowadays, and so it, they jump out these problems. And yeah. I think, I'd, well, they probably don't do to us these days. <laughs> yeah, especially to you guys. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Um, oh yeah, tell us about that part. This is quite a cool thing. Um, it's actually uh, so. Uh, let me very quickly. The one of our customers wanted a more traditional interior instead of a carbon. Uh, center console and they, they wanted a walnut which is pretty old school but um but each to their own and that's the beauty of what we do really is we can tailor these things to, to customers requirements so we decided we needed to test some of this um walnut uh laminate um out so we printed a substrate now it's a, you can see it's a little bit rough just because we haven't taken the um support material off but um but this is actually proper wood <laughs> um laminate so that it's to a printed substrate i mean you could you could fit this to a yeah. car it's robust um this was a prove out sample for us but but uh, it's certainly a way you could you could very quickly come come up with a wooden substrate I and mean, you can see the quality of the thing it's it's 
pretty flawless, to be fair. And that's that has been printed on a uh, one of one of the MakerBot substrates. So it's a really it was a really cool thing to be able to do. What was the uh, model material that you used for that? Good question. Um, I think it was, it was an ABS. I think we used. Um, okay. I was just yeah. curious. Yeah, but I mean, is that laminate? Like, is it is it glued on, or is it like uh, like how do you how do you? No, I'm no expert in um, in making uh, walnut fur dashboards, but um, I believe it's it's applied in very very thin laminates. It's real. Um, okay. I believe it's from the root of the of the tree, so something more flexible. Yeah. There'll be somebody online here who's going. <laughs> yeah, they probably know. And then um, wow. and it's, and it's vac bagged down and, and uh, consolidated with the component, um, and, and essentially a bonded in, in, in a sort of resin. And then and then the high gloss, I think, is from a lacquer and final final finishing. So it, it's the traditional technique, and and really all you need to do is make sure that you've got a substrate which is stiff enough to support mm -hmm. it. Now we weren't that concerned about the stiffness because um, this is this was really a test to see the material. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but actually it's come out very, very well. There's maybe a very slight warping on, on, on the side. We, we yeah. can do this. In the, if we were to, to go forward with this material, we'd do it in the composite next. So okay. in, the, in the carbon yeah. filament. So, yeah, looks really nice. Um, yeah. um, what so you got you mentioned ABS uh, for that example? Do you guys have you guys used any of the other materials? Um, carbon fiber, I think you might have mentioned for the duct or. Yeah, we we um, we played with comp with the carbon material for the for the duct. Um, well, we got this is just another example of the composite material for. Uh, this is it's just incredible how strong this is. Um, this component, uh, and yeah. It, as I say, when you need some actual materials strength, some proper material strength in um, this material, really outstanding. Right. Um, so we, we would typically use this for, for anything with more load capabilities, so bracketry and, and things like that, under under dash bracketry. Um, and this, this was a this is actually a film prop. Would you believe it? Or the basis? Oh, really? Yeah, for something we did. Oh, we shouldn't say much more about that, but yeah. something. There and it needs to be stiff for various reasons. But, but, um, but yeah, very, it's a nice example of, of how strong the component is, in, you know, in your hands. Yeah. So yeah, we, 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 we use a lot of it. And then, you know, this was the carbon material. We printed this to, to, so, so that it would be very stable because it's quite thin. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you take quite a bit of pressure pushing the badge in and various other things. And we actually printed it sitting up like this just to get oh, really? the oh, wow. Yeah, and so it's, it's printed. There's a curvature on it, and that's that's the spec. Wow, so, <laughs> that's yeah, it's, yeah, it's not it's not not bad actually. It worked out pretty well. So that um, uh, somebody asked, is the print on carbon carbon 100% solid? So I guess they're asking if there is an infill uh, percentage there. This but one, I guess yeah. that's pretty thin. Yeah, this one's 100% solid. Okay. Um, yeah, we do, we just have to play with the settings a little bit to make sure we don't get that little little gap but, but yeah. yeah i mean i think it's i think it's i've i've seen both in the in the um nylon the nylon and nylon 12 carbon fiber which is um you know even even with infill you know only set to like 20 percent um still like very very stiff parts but yeah you dial it up to a solid and 
and it's yeah. it's really not you're not going to get much flex or any flex really it's and, and I, the heat deflection temps it's actually quite like decent for those two it's i think it's like a 150 degrees celsius or over over that maybe 160 so yeah. uh, no it's it's a it's a real it's a real material you can print you know it's quite impressive really to be honest yeah um somebody asked about the uh what are the largest dimensions you are able to print confidently so method x um is a dual extrusion printer so um you can actually print large uh so like this the spec is i believe well i'm gonna say in inches it's about six and a half inches cube um you know z is a little bit larger than that and that would be with like a single extrusion i believe it get shrunk down a little bit when you use the dual extrusion with the dissolvable support material just to account for the make sure both extruders can basically reach every point on the uh in the build volume but um yeah you can definitely you can definitely see the the dimensions um and i guess they, they said confidently print confidently um i think that is one thing about um you know we we talk about build volume all the time um you know method x certainly isn't the largest one printer but i do think when you're talking about dimensional accuracy you know some of the really big printers like you're just not you're not going to get a part that is very dimensionally accurate unless you're talking about like a stratasys you know fortis 900 that's like you know a, a hundred two hundred thousand dollar printer but um but yeah it's a definitely a common common question i don't know if you guys have how you guys have felt about the the build volume or how you've worked around maybe if it's if you have some larger parts yeah um, um we sort of tend to try and maximize things we've done a bit of jigsawing in the past um components um together this part's a little bit of a cheat we got in front of us here um, <laughs> because it's actually it's a stratasist printed part yeah um, there you go you can see some of the uh, jigsawing in here this this essentially is a center console um side binnacle sits in the car like this that is yeah. where the joystick would be and this is a billet part if in, in aluminium in the real car so okay uh, this was a part that we didn't want to get wrong very often so we decided to, to print it a couple of times check the fit um check that it it did everything it needed to do so it's you know you can imagine it's from a billet which is fairly sizable in the end so uh, yeah not not on the method x although we could have given it a go but but uh for various reasons we decided to yeah get our friends and strategists to print this one so. Yeah, and I think you know, I think that's a good point. Not a lot of people really probably know that MakerBot is a is a part of Stratasys or a subsidiary. Um, and so, even though we have kind of a different brand, uh, you know, we are what we call it our our Vect technology, um, which is basically a, a heated chamber. It's it's a proprietary feature in all in all Stratasys FDM machines, and that's how we're able to have it on the the method and the method X as well. So. Um, you know, it's, it's a good, I think it's a good, it's a good like desktop option. If you, if you're looking for that kind of dimensional accuracy, part strength, material options, um, but in a smaller kind of more accessible package, um, or if you need to obviously get a large part like that, send out, get it made on a, a Stratasys. If you, if you don't have a, you know, a couple hundred thousand lying around to, to get the printer in house, but, um, it's reassuring as well, Sean, that, that you know that that, that, that this, this these printers 
are um, are the kind of the, the children of the the very very expensive printers. So you can kind of <laughs> exactly. yeah, I, I think that's that's a good uh, positive for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, cool. Uh, let me just see. Yeah, I guess just about the printer in general. I know we've talked about some of the materials. Um, you know, what I guess what what's you know your favorite thing about about the Method X um, that that you've seen as a result so far? I, I, you know, to to repeat what I've said already a bit, it's accessibility um, and and the and the low cost nature of it really. You know. I say to all of the engineering guys and girls and the, and the design team as well, you know, if in doubt, just print it, get it on the printer, print it out, experiment with it. And as a tool, you know, it's one of those things when you get one, you're not hundred percent sure exactly what you're going to use it for. And you might have a few ideas, but as soon as, uh, as soon as the team get their sort of hands into it and they can see the value of it, um, you know, it's, it's constantly printing things. So, um, so yeah, I think it's probably the accessibility and ease of ease of use really of, of the technology that, that that I like most. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it takes it takes a certain mindset to be like, and and I I think three D printing definitely enables it. But just to tell people, you know, don't just don't just live in CAD, but like print it, feel it, test it, like all of that stuff. Um, and I feel like you see probably you know, with, with the next generation of engineers and designers, they're kind of coming out of school, probably doing a lot of that already. Cause you know, they, you know, 3d printing is just ubiquitous now across education environment, all the way, you know, we see it in like elementary school, even <laughs> like, but obviously in the universities, it's, it's a tool that I think, you know, kids are just growing up with, like, it's just a set, probably becoming a second nature part of their process at an early age no i totally agree Sean. yeah cool well i think um you know we're just just about out of time um here so well uh i think i answered most of the questions we were gonna go through a q a but um but yeah it looks like i think we we answered most of them so um i guess we've got a link here if you if anybody's interested um in checking out some of the projects uh, that Adam and the team over at Callum are working on, working on. check it out at uh, callumdesigns.com. I'll go to their Instagram, Callum underscore designs. I'm sure there's some, some pretty cool uh, stuff over there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very curious now about what, uh, what movie uh, you're working on that part for. So I don't know. Well, We'll have to keep an eye out keep an eye out see if uh, that pops up on your instagram or something yeah, on, but i'd have to kill you <laughs> is that a is that a hint to the, maybe to the movie <laughs> okay. um all right and yeah i guess if if anybody on here is interested to learn more about the method uh method x method carbon fiber edition which i believe is what Adam's got over there, Method X Carbon Fiber Edition, rather. Um, you can email us, uh, hello at makerot.com. Go to makerot.com slash carbon. Um, we actually just launched a new uh, material. Don't think we've gotten it over to you yet, Adam, but we'll definitely get over. It's called, uh, it's called Rapid Rinse, and it's a water-soluble ABS support material. So uh, I know early on you, were, you guys were... Um, 
we were running into some issues because you guys got the ABS um, with the SR30, but didn't have the wash tank, which is, you know, expensive, cumbersome, uses chemicals. And now we're kind of getting past that where you can just use this ABSR with this rapid rinse material and just dissolve it water um, like you would with like PLA and PVA. So um, definitely check that out as well on our website. Um, you'll find it and, um, and we'll, we'll get, we'll get some over to you as well, Adam. So you guys can try it out. Um, but yeah, just want to, um, say thanks again for taking the time, um, over, over in the UK. Have a, have a great evening, Adam, and, uh, really appreciate, uh, you guys, you know, working with us and look forward to seeing what you, what you work on next. Yeah, well, thanks, Sean. It's been, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully it was interesting. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the support with everything. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and thanks thanks to the audience who joined. And um, keep an eye out. We actually have a couple more events coming up next week. Um, we've got a, uh, a uh, webinar with Fusion 360 that's going to be going on on their website uh, or on their YouTube channel next Wednesday. Um, so check that out, sign up. And then on Thursday, we're going to be doing a live demo of our new ABS rapid rinse that I just mentioned. So be sure and sign up for that and check it out as well. That's all I got. That's a wrap. So until next time, we'll see y'all later and uh, have a great rest of your day.